Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 16th, 2012. And you know, I'm sorry about these fireworks going off in the background. I'm just really trying to get to the study. And I think to myself, what do we have? What right do we have to, to celebrate anything in this country? What, is it the 4,000 babies that are being slaughtered every day? Or the homosexuals taken over? The wickedness in high political office that we're the pornography capital of the world? I, or, you know, what, what, what about the, that we're all so ignorant and dumbed down and weak and Florida? I mean, what, where, where do I begin? Now, I'm not indicting my listeners. I'm just saying in general. It's unbelievable. So, anyway, I'm going to go on here. Uh, the corporate prostitute media, like a prostitute, but they're prostitutes, is increasingly calling out for and demanding respect that all must have for Islam. But what about the lack of respect that Muslim murderers show to Ambassador Stevens and the millions of others they have butchered? See, that doesn't matter. They could do to us whatever they want, but we have to have this, this holy reverential respect for this devil death cult. You know, These prelates are playing a dangerous game. Perhaps they're unaware of the history of dimitude and the reality of dimmy laws are still part of Shahara law which is part of Islamic law. Perhaps they think life for Christians in the Middle East will go better if they tow the Islamic supremacist line. But they will eventually discover that the Quranic mandate to make war against, subjugate, and slaughter unbelievers extends to even those who readily give uh, Islamic supremacists whatever they want. In other words, you're never going to be able to appease Satan. There's nothing you're ever going to be able to give him where he will be satisfied. And Islam is one of the best current modern day examples of that that I know of. Now, here's some lovely pictures of, of people, some Islamic people protesting. Here's one with a lady wearing, you know, all you can see is her eyes. She's in full Islamic guard. It says, be prepared for the real Holocaust. And see, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing really the beginning of what their ultimate plan would be. And then they've got all of these other... Um, Islamic demon-possessed people uh, marching in the streets of London and they're holding up signs. I'm looking at them. Here's, you can see the pictures. They're going to be on page uh, about probably about 18 of the study for today. And if you're following along, you can see them. Uh, one has slay those who insult Islam. Another, Europe, you will pay. Demolition is on its way. Behead those who insult Islam. Butcher those who mock Islam. Um... Europe, you will pay. Your extermination is on the way. They've got some nice play on words. You know, little rhyming, little limerical haikus and sonnets and soliloquies. You know, they're, they're really poetic people. Anyway, so yeah, this is, this is them out in the open showing their true fangs, showing you know, them to be who they really are. And this is what the world needs to see and understand and be aware of. And, and this is what I'm trying to point out. So... Let's just consider some recent headlines and facts regarding Islam. Many of these stories that I'm going to cite here, I've already covered. In fact, I think all of them I've covered pretty much in depth, most of them. Um, but I'm going to give you some rapid-fire bullet points on Islam so you can kind of get an idea of the fruit of, of Islam here. So, number one, Pakistan. Muslims burn Christian man alive as policeman rapes his wife. Okay, so that's the first one. Um, they burn a Christian man alive, police ra rapes, and policeman rapes his wife. They're all Islamic. Video shows Taliban stoning woman to death in Pakistan. This is by ABC News. And a Dubai-based pan 
Arab television channel said it obtained cell phone footage that shows a woman being executed because she was seen out with a man. That's why she was executed. She was seen out with a man. That was her crime. She wasn't sleeping with the guy. She was, No, she was seen out with a man. And that's this unbelievable honor thing there. It's okay for them to rape three-year-olds and, and have the child brides and the temporary thing and all the other garbage they do. But don't you dare be seen out with a man. Okay, so next one, video, Muslim terrorist urges killing of Americans. These killers have and are coming through our open borders. Here's a, there's a video to that. Islamic resurrection. Sorry, I had to pause it there. They were going through their good old grand finale. I have no idea what they're doing, but um, it's just, it's unbelievable to me. People are celebrating. We are literally on the verge of collapse, martial law. The greatest evil this country has ever known. And people are out there and they're so brain dead that they're shooting off fireworks. And they're blowing. I mean, you know how much thousands and thousands. These were big fireworks. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. How many widows and orphans could that have fed? No, bless God. God bless America. We got to go out here and celebrate. Celebrate what? How wicked and evil we've become? How complacent we've become? How pathetic we are? Unbelievable. And we're going over this information. The church just sits silent for the most part. Oh no, we we, we don't want to rock the boat. You know, we don't want to we don't want to do that. We 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 might we might suffer retribution. <laughs> oh, anyway, let's go further here. Video: Muslim terrorists urge killing of Americans. These killers have and are coming through open borders. Next article: Islamic resurrection dependent on Muslims killing Jews. Hamas spokesman Dr. Ismail Radwan said, quote, the hour of resurrection of the Muslims will not take place until the Muslims fight the Jews and the Muslims kill them. End of quote. It is not optional. It is not something that's up for debate. This is their agenda. Period. Okay, and that includes the great Satan America as well, in their eyes. So, here's some, here's some other things to consider. Twisted logic. The poor Muslims... They get insulted, we get beheaded. Uh, let's go some bullet points here. A. Muslims claim to be the murderers of at least 3,000 innocents in New York and expect no criticism. Now again, I've done the whole thing on 9-11. Put out a gigantic email on it this last week. Just, you know, go to that and click on the links there. Uh, but they claim, they do claim those lives. And they're very proud of that. Okay, so... I just question the official report, obviously. Uh, B, Muslims murder 200 and 202 tourists in Bali and expect no criticism. Muslims murder 333 school children and their teachers in Beslan and expect no criticism. Uh, point D, Muslims murder 292 innocent victims, uh, mainly Kenzin, Kenyans and Tanzanians, at two U.S. embassies and expect no criticism. Uh, e, Muslims murder 241 U.S. and 58 French peacekeepers in Beirut and expect no criticism. F, Muslims fire 4,000 Katusha rockets into northern Israel, killing over 50 innocent civilians and expect no criticism. Point G, Muslims murder 52 in London and 191 in Madrid and expect no criticism. H, Muslims murder 200 in Mumbai and expect no criticism. I, Muslims behead Western hostages in Iraq. Buddhist monks in Thailand, and Christian schoolgirls in Indonesia, and expect no criticism. Point J, Muslims murder 500,000 in Darfur, and expect no criticism. 
okay. Muslims regard Jews as the sons of pigs and monkeys and vow to nuke Israel and expect no criticism. L. Muslims force women to wear hideous smothering clothing, stone to death women for getting raped. They stone the women to death when they get raped. Okay? And I'm not talking about consensual. I'm talking about they were raped. Okay? And for leaving the home unescorted. These women are stoned. I just cited the story about that. Engage in honor killings, honor, quote, honor killings of sisters and daughters and mothers for unapproved dating, rape small children through Islamic temporary marriages, horrifically mutilate millions of Islamic female girls' genitals with razor blades with nothing to numb the pain and expect no criticism. Hopefully I'm getting your attention. All of this is true. I've reported on all of these things. The genital mutilation of the millions of Muslim girls, they have these witches that come in with with razor blades. And if you pay a little bit more money, you'll get a fresh razor blade. And they go in there and they, I mean, I can't even, it's so evilly horrific. I I mean, I watched the documentary on it and I, I couldn't even watch it. Unbelievably evil and horrific. But they expect no criticism. We shut our, you, you infidels, shut your mouth. I won't shut my mouth. M, Muslims danced in the streets and handed out sweets to their kids to celebrate the 9-11 atrocity and still expected no criticism. N, since 9-11, Muslims have killed over 26,000 and wounded over 50,000 in terrorist attacks worldwide since 9-11 and expect no criticism. Now, this is dated, too. It's probably a lot more than that. Since 9-11, Muslims have committed terrorist attacks over 54 countries and still expect no criticism. Uh, Next point. Muslims have carried out over 5,800 fatal terrorist atrocities since 9-11. Hold on. I got this confused here. Okay, sorry. Back to the points here. Muslims have carried out over um, 5,800 fatal terrorist atrocities since 9-11 and countless thousands since the Islamic conquest began in 1623 AD and expect no criticism. But if anyone dares to tell the truth about Islam or uh, the Danes published cartoons about Muhammad, then let the hypocritical outpourings of Islamic hate and brutality and outrage begin. See, they're held to a totally different standard than the rest of the world. Next point. The flotilla. This was entitled Flotilla Using Children as Human Shields. This was 531.10. Organizers of the flotilla. This is the flotilla trying to break through uh, in Israel to try to um, give them aid or whatever to these terrorists that they were holding. Organizers of the flotilla intended to break Israel's naval blockade in Gaza are using children as human shields to keep Israel from attacking the boats. What cowards! You use a human child as a shield? I mean, that's got to be the height of maggotness. I'm sorry, but I mean, how, how spineless could you possibly be? Chairman Bulent Yildrim of the Turkish group who was on the flotilla, said so. He admitted it during an interview on the group's website. He said in which he was seen holding a baby that was on board the boat Mavi Maria Marama. He was holding a baby up as a human shield. Now that is manly. If I have ever heard of a man's man 
holding a baby up as a human shield and openly admitting it so that Israel wouldn't fire on the boats. <laughs> wow. That's a real man's man there, I'll tell you. He must really feel good when he looks himself in the mirror every night. Here's another one. Now remember, I'm just scratching the surface. I could sit here for probably a hundred part teaching and go after report after report after report like this for weeks. I'm just scratching the surface. I'm just hitting some of the high points. Here's the next uh, article. Hamas uses children, UN press, as human shields in Gaza. This was uh, January 1509. In order to avoid civilian casualties, Israel sends warning messages before attacking terrorist targets, advising citizens to leave. Now, Islam would never do that. But Israel does this to, so that they can advise citizens to leave. Israel prefers to attack empty buildings used to manufacture rockets, even taking into consideration that terrorists too will be warned and their lives will be spared. Hamas, or Islam, on the other hand, calls on civilians to come to and to protect with their bodies the precise locations they expect Israel to attack. Since they know that Israel will usually strike from the air, they send the children to the roofs to prevent the air force from targeting the building. This is what kind of evil scum we're dealing with here. No morals, anything goes... There is nothing too debauched for this death cult. Nothing. There is nothing they won't do. They are wholly given over to their master, Satan. And of his lust, they will do. Next article. Christian girls in Pakistan continue to be kidnapped, abducted, raped, and forcibly converted to Islam. Christian girls in Pakistan. Here's a whole link to that. This just came out. This is how they convert. Kidnap, abduct, rape, and forcibly convert to Islam. Next article. The Dancing Boys of Afghanistan. This was on Frontline. This was on public news, or public PBS or whatever. I saw, I watched the documentary. I mean, as my stomach churned, watch, trying to watch this disgusting, disgusting documentary on more fruit of Islam. Following an Afghan journalist as he profiles the reemergence of his country's tradition of Baka Barish, in which wealthy and powerful men lure impoverished young boys off the streets to sing and dance and to be used as sexual objects. And some of these boys are real little. This specific practice of pedophilia dates back to Athens in the 6th century BC and was practiced openly throughout Central Asia up to World War I. We consider this practice sexual slavery and child abuse. Well, obviously it is, at bare minimum. Boys are chosen for their looks and grace and are trained to lavishly dance in front of men while dressed like women and are sold borrowed, lent, traded, given, or taken for same-sex intercourse by these lecherous, disgusting, demon-possessed pedophiles that sit around and drool over these little boys dancing. You talk about sick. They are assets for warlords, police, the wealthy, or military, and otherwise the politically powerful. This is a status symbol over there. To have your own little dancing boy. Unbelievable. And this was on mainstream news. I'm going to go ahead 
and um, play the, a little clip of this show for you. This is the true face of Islam, Baka Bazi, which is this Dancing Boys of Afghanistan. Not to say this is the only place it's not going on. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes that may distress some viewers. You have distressed me all right. in Afghanistan. Each day and each battle brings the country closer to peace and democracy. Yeah, right. For some, this offers the path to a new life. For others, the defeat of the Taliban has provided the opportunity to revive an ancient and deeply disturbing tradition. He says, my name is Imam, and I'm from Takir. That's where he's from. It shows a guy. Now, he's one of the older ones. But there's, he, he's one of the, like, the, the oldest ones I saw in here. He's putting on makeup, and now he's dancing around in this glittery woman's outfit. He says, I'm 15 years old. My family has very little money. I can support them, so I must do this. What Imam must do is to dance for rich and powerful men. Later, he'll be required to have sex with them. How many boys have you had for me? It's unlimited. It's, uh, this, this maggot lecherous piece of maggot garbage says he's had maybe two or three thousand boys that he has slept with. He says it's unlimited. This this disgusting, hell-bound devil. And this is Islam. This is the face of Islam. And he's laughing. He thinks it's hilarious. Shows this room. I mean, I'm not talking this is something where, you know, there's one or two guys in the room. This is something where these boys are surrounded three, four, five, ten deep in some places or more of all of these lecherous men who must all be homosexual, bisexuals. They're all demon-possessed. They would come and watch this. And they get all worked up over this. And if you know what I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's as disgusting as it possibly could get. ...tells the story of the boys who dance to the warlord's tune. Now, I give you the link to this. It's a 44-minute documentary. You can go up there if you don't believe it. <laughs> it's right there. So I'm just trying to point out all the wonderful fruit of Islam so we have a real good comprehension of what we're dealing with here. So, next article... Muslim terrorism on Christians continues mainstream news media remains silent, and so does the church, pretty much, for the most part. Terrorist reports appearing in July indicate that Christian minorities all around the Muslim world, especially women and children, are being abducted, tortured, raped, and forced to convert to Islam and or enslaved. In Egypt, at least 550 such cases have been documented in the last five years, and I guarantee you there's way more than that, and have only increased since the revolution... Christians who manage to escape back to their families often find the government siding with the Muslim abductors. Uh, one young mother who recently testified before a Helsinki commission explained how she was snatched in broad daylight as her abductor shouted, 
uh, to bystanders while dragging her to a waiting taxi. He said, quote, no one interferes. She is an enemy of Islam. So in other words, that, that's all the excuse they need. Here's a pile of, of dead bodies, it looks like, in the Sudan of the people they've killed. Um, here's the source. Now, that article was so long, and it went through country by country. There's no, there's no way I could report on it today. It would have it would have turned the study into probably at least a five part study, and there's just so much so much things I can cover, and I've covered that a lot in the past. But it was just instance after instance after instance of all the atrocities of Islam that are taking place country by country worldwide. You can click on this link. It's called Source and More. The link it's on page twenty of the PDF. If you want to read all of the different instances, and again, it's just scratching the surface. Here's another picture of one of these. Uh, demonstrators of Islam in the streets of London, and it says, he's holding up a sign that says, Islam will dominate the world, and that's what their agenda is. Here's a track from Chick, entitled Men of Peace. It's, uh, you can click on that, and it, it exposes Islam, and um, could be used as a uh, witnessing tool, or at least something to wake some people up regarding Islam. Now, the Islamic Bible, which is the Quran, commands Muslims to kill infidels. In Islam, the Arabic word kafir, or kafar, refers to non-Muslims, often in a derogatory sense, and is usually translated into the English as infidel, or unbeliever. Okay? So now let's look at some quotes from the Islamic Quran. If you don't think that there's actually um, anything in the Quran against Christianity, okay, let's see that. Uh, let's look at Surah 3360 which says Allah has cursed the unbelievers and proposed them for a blazing hell. So this is what Islam teaches. Christians, Jews, anyone else outside of Islam, they are cursed and they are proposed for a blazing hell. Uh, Surah 41.14 says unbelievers are the enemies of Allah and will roast in hell. Surah 123 says fight unbelievers who are near you. Another translation reads, Believers, make war on the infidels who dwell around you. Let them find harshness in you. Another source reads, Ye who believe, murder those who are disbelievers. See, the people that are waging this jihad, which in Islam means holy war, they're just being fundamental to the faith of Islam. That's all they're doing. Surah 47.4 When you meet the unbelievers in the battlefield, strike off their heads. Surah 929, humiliate the non-Muslims to such an extent that they will surrender and pay tribute. Okay, so this whole sodomization of the ambassador, that's a whole, all part of that system. Um, Surah 98.51 says, unbelievers among the people of the book and pagans shall burn forever in the fire of hell. They are the vilest of all creatures. Okay, so this is what they, they say about us. Why, why do you say that? Because it says the unbelievers among the people of the book. What does that mean? What is that term, people of the book? Okay, I'm going to tell you what it means. People of the book is a term used to designate non-Muslim adherents to faiths which have a book of prayer. The two faiths that are mentioned in the Quran as the people of the book are Judaism and Christianity. So this is how they feel about Christians. Okay. Uh, President, and now here's a quote from President Bush, quote, when some of my countries speak of an ill-informed and insulting manner about the Muslim faith, their words are heard abroad and do great harm to our cause in the Middle East. No, we're just exposing the truth, you devil. 
That's all we're doing. That's all I'm doing today. I'm just exposing what's already out there, what's what's abundantly clear, what they have stated in their own writings, and, you know, but again, one of them to call evil good and good evil. So, let's go back to the original report that I was, was talking about. It is also doubtful that they, the prostitutes, realize that the imposition of the blasph- blasphemy laws upon the West would allow the Islamic Jihad an unfettered hand to expand its activities into Western countries, and no one would be allowed to speak out in opposition or resistance. Nor do they realize that calling for censorship in the wake of violence and murder will, will only get them more violence and murder, because the murderers will see their tactics worked. In other words, you give them what they want, and they're just going to keep doing it, except they're going to even increase their murder rates. If we don't resist this evil, then they will even get worse. That's the whole point. Um, Okay, so then we have the next report. Vatican spokesman responding to Libyan violence decries provocations against Islam. Responding to the mob violence against U.S. embassies in Libya and Egypt, which led to deaths of four American diplomats, the director of the Vatican press office released a statement condemning provocations against the sensibilities of Muslim believers. Okay. Responding to mob violence against U.S. embassies in Libya and Egypt, which led to the deaths of four American... Oh, I've already read that. I'm sorry. Um, the statement by Father Federico Lombardi. The Bible says, call no man father but your father in heaven. Anyway, did not include a condemnation of the killings in Benghazi, Libya, or the burning of American flags in Cairo. None of that matters to these Catholics, these high-level Catholics, to our own politicians to, obviously, the Muslim Brotherhood-controlled governments in the Middle East. None of that's going to be condemned. They can kill and rape and pillage all day long. No, no, all that matters is the condemnation of this supposed stupid, cheesy film that somebody made. You know, this trailer to a film, which is beyond a joke. That's all that matters, because we, we, we offended the sensibilities of the Muslim believers. Consider that in light of all the facts I just read about the Muslim death cult. Consider that. You know, just really let that sink in and compare the two. So, going further, when Pope Benedict XVI, preparing to travel to the Middle East this weekend, amid mounting tensions in the region, the papal spokesman stressed that the Pope would bring a message of dialogue. Because dialogue's what always works with the Muslims. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're reasonable, right? A message of dialogue and respect for all believers of different religions. My comment is that is except for Christianity and any other religion that would dare expose or question Islam. You know, they have no respect for, for anyone other than their own, their own devil death cult. The statement from Father Lombardi in its entirety read, Profound respect for beliefs, texts, outstanding figures, and symbols of various religions is an essential precondition for peaceful coexistence of peoples. Now, this is Satan giving me a morality lesson, which I find rather ironic. The serious consequences of unjustified offense and provocations against the sensibilities of Muslim believers are once again evident in these in these days, as we see the reactions they arouse sometimes with tragic results, which in turn nourish tensions and hatred, unleashing unacceptable violence. 
See, it's not the Muslims' fault. They were they their hands were tied. They are not responsible for their actions at all. It's our fault. It's our fault for not heading this wicked guy who released this 15-minute cheesy trailer ahead of time. That's the whole problem. We should have been better policemen. You know, we should have been more big brother in our actions. And we, what we need to do is just ban all freedom of speech when it relates to Islam. Because that's the only solution. That's the only thing that's going to keep them placated. And we'll keep them placated. <laughs> oh, this is unbelievable. Then he goes on to say, The message of dialogue and respect for all believers of different religions, which the unholy father, sorry, I threw that one in there, the unholy father, meaning the Pope, is preparing to carry with him on his forthcoming trip to Lebanon, indicate the path that everyone should follow in order to construct shared and peaceful coexistence among religions and peoples. Spoken like Satan himself, the fork-tongued, silver-tongued devil, that he is. Anyway, from Libya, Bishop Giovanni Mar- Martinelli, the apostolic vicar of Tripoli, told the Vatican insider that Western countries should have the courage to ban all blasphemous projects and establish a policy that is respectful of religion. That's, that's obviously not including Christianity, real Christianity. That religion can be denigrated and, and you could do whatever you want to about that. But any other religion, particularly Islam, we need to have the courage to ban all blasphemous projects and establish a policy. What does that mean? Again, taking away our First Amendment rights, jailing people that would dare say anything against Islam. You know, maybe maybe they'll, if they implement Shahara, you know, death penalties for anyone that would dare utter anything against this wonderful, magnanimous, benevolent religion of peace and and just, you know, that's where we're coming to. That's why I'm fighting this so hard, because I see what's coming. Here's a picture of the good old Pope, uh, John Paul, whatever, kissing the Quran. Here's a quote from the Catholic Catechism. Catholic Catechism, pages 242 and 243 says, quote, The plan of salvation also includes those who acknowledge the Creator. In the first place, whom are the Muslims? They're at the very, very, very top of the list. Why? Because the Catholic religion created this devil-death cult. It spawned another devil-death cult. In the first place, amongst whom are the Muslims? Wow, that's some really preferential treatment there. These profess to hold the faith of Abraham and together with us, meaning the Catholics, they adore the one merciful God, mankind's judge on the last day. End of quote. No, he's not. He's Allah, the fallen angel moon God. He is not the God of the Bible. He's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He has nothing to do with that. And if he was, why would his fruit be so incredibly rotten and evil and twisted and perverted and perverse? A tree is known by its fruit. And the Muslim tree is about as wicked and rotten of a fruit as you could get. Next article. Islamic Caliphate forming with attack on the U.S. embassies. Psalm 83.4 says... They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. 
hmm, this sounds familiar. Isn't that what the Muslims are saying right now? Let, let us cut them off from being a nation? Isn't that what their whole agenda is? Total annihilation? Huh, that's kind of a coincidence. That the name of Israel may no more be in remembrance, for they have consulted together with one consent. Trust me, when this all goes down, they're all going to be on the same page. All those Middle Eastern nations are going to be on the same page together, in lockstep. This is why our government has made sure we've installed the the radical, the most, our government and the Illuminati have installed the most radical factions of Islam at the head of these different countries where they've toppled these individual dictators. Because they want them to be in lockstep. They want them to be a united front in World War III. They want them to be an absolute emissary, an absolute, um, the absolute right arm of Satan. And they're enabling that. They're wanting that so that they can create their order out of chaos. And so that there would be this massive, massive, satanic, sacrificial bloodshed in the Middle East, which Islam believes it has to have to bring on its Imam body. So everybody's happy. The Muslims are wanting to die, almost. It's like they, they, want, it, they want this to happen. Because the, the quicker the bloodshed happens, the quicker the slaughters happen, the quicker their awaited Savior is going to come and supposedly straighten everything out. Um, so there's a lot of Christians right now that are believing Psalm 83 is actually the next thing that is going to happen on the prophetic timetable. And I can't really argue with that. There's a very good chance that Psalm 83, they get very specific you know, there's other people that have done a lot more work on that than me, breaking down Psalm 83, but that this is the next thing on the prophetic timetable to happen. And I can't argue with that. Uh, I need to look at it more. It's just very, very hard to do now a dedicated Bible study when you've got so much stuff breaking from week to week. Um, I could have had ooh, at least 60 pages in the study, at least. And I had to stop at 23, just because you can only do so much. Um, many times, and now this is from this... This source article, Islamic Caliphate Forming with the Attack on U.S. Embassies. Many times on this blog, I wrote about the marriage between the hard-left fascists and Islam. I likened it to Hitler and Stalin signing a peace pact prior to World War II. And then Hitler turned on Stalin. This is what I said would happen when the hard-left and the Muslims. I also said the Muslims would win in the end, going head-to-head with the hard-left. Well, again, the hard-left, this is all by design. Okay, so I don't know if I guarantee if I go along with this so much. Like it's some big surprise that this happened. We enabled this to happen. We were the ones that disarmed our own Marines so they couldn't even fight back, which ensured our embassy people being killed. <laughs> we enabled this, and this guy's writing from the standpoint. Now they've turned on us like rabid dogs. They bit the end that fed them. <laughs> we 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 wanted that to happen. Okay, so that I I don't but. I just want to preface it with that, okay? This is, has just happened as the hard left was behind the revolution in both Egypt and Libya. Now that the Muslim Brotherhood is in power, they no longer need the hard left. The attack on the American embassies was just like that, Hitler attacking Russia. Uh, the Muslims in the Middle East no longer need the help of the hard left, so they turn on them. The fascists created this Frankenstein, and now it's attacking them. Well, again, it's all by design, you know. No, no, no big deal to them, to the power, to the big brother globalist Illuminati elite. Okay, they wanted it. So, uh, here's the Muhammad Marsi's cleric calling out for jihad against the Jews and taking of Jerusalem. That's another really, really big thing that they're, they've got their eyes set on. That's what they're all setting up and staging for. 
All of this is happening now, so that this is the staging event for an attack on Israel and, and to take Jerusalem. What is so shocking about this is how soon it happened. Morsi was just installed as the president of Egypt in late June. He just gained control of the army, and now this attack? The Muslim Brotherhood is energized and ready to advance the Islamic Caliphate. There is no turning back as the Muslims are bringing the war to us. Their target is Israel and taking Jerusalem. They want Jerusalem as the capital of the caliphate. This is the Psalm 83 Obadiah war that I warned about that was coming. There's also verses in Obadiah, which are very compelling as well, Okay, regarding what could be on the horizon. It is here now. I think we may look back and see the war started on this day. What just happened reminded me of how the Iranian revolution under Jimmy Carter led to Ayatollah Khomeini coming to power in the Islamic State of Iran. Now the same has happened under Obama. The Muslims are now in a frenzy to take Jerusalem. It appears this is all they can think of. They are now insane in their blindness to attack Jerusalem. The thought of the Jews controlling Jerusalem has driven them mad. They're, I mean, these people are mega demon possessed. Okay? Jerusalem, here, here's a... Um, uh, link. It's called Jerusalem to become Egypt's capital under Mercy's rule. Muhammad Mercy says Muslim cleric. And it is a video you can click on. It says, if you have not already seen this, you must. This tells you in the Muslim Brotherhood's own words, the coming battle over Jerusalem. Morsi was at this meeting and is sitting directly behind the speaker. This is what he had to say. Quote, our capital shall not be Cairo, Mecca, or Medina. It shall be Jerusalem with God's will. Our chance shall be millions of martyrs will march toward Jerusalem. They're willing to sacrifice millions of their demon-possessed, death-cult adherents in order to take Jerusalem. This is how committed they are. This is how radical they are. Okay, This is how serious they're taking it. A lukewarm Christian, frozen chosen, warm in a pew in a 501c3 church in America cannot comprehend this type of fanaticism. They will never know that. They sure don't have it for Jesus Christ. And they'll, they, they can't understand it. So it's like this normalcy bias. Oh, well, you know, it can't ever happen, whatever, you know. I'll go on, just keep going back to sleep. <laughs> this is the mindset. It's unbelievable. Now, I'm going to continue with this quote. And the United States of the Arabs will be restored on the hands of that man, meaning mercy, not the word mercy, but Muhammad mercy, and his supporters, the capital of the Muslim caliphate will be Jerusalem with God's will. They mean Allah's will, but they think it's one and the same. With God's will, yes, it's small g, okay. Uh, with God's will, yes, we will either pray in Jerusalem or we will be martyred there. End of quote. Now, this is how seriously they're taking their own cult. Okay, so this is, you know, this is absolute, total, satanic devotion. They are not joking in any way. The, this is real Islam rising and organizing to attack. They want to take over the world because they do not believe the Bible and they are going to attack and die or die. They are about to run directly into the holy God of Israel, into his holiness. The world is now looking at one of the greatest bloodbaths in history. The destruction of Islam. I hope he's right. I really do. That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider his doing and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright heart would glory. 
Psalm 64. That's why I would say that. Because when God judges the wicked, people will always be converted. Many people will be saved. And the wicked will not be permitted to walk on in wickedness and commit further atrocities. How is that helping anything? If the wicked prosper, how does that help the world? Will there be any more people that go to heaven if the, if the wicked are permitted to commit wickedness and prosper in wickedness? No. We're going to look at that in a second. The destruction that is coming is so great that people are going to think the battle was Armageddon, but it's not. The entire Arab countries are going to disappear. I pray those that can be saved would be saved in those countries. But it's getting to such a fever pitch that something's got to give. Something, I mean, one race is is probably, and it's not going to be Israel. From a prophetic, from a biblical standpoint, Israel will not be wiped out. In the Bible in Zechariah, two-thirds of, of modern-day Israel will be wiped out. But one-third will be, will be tried as silver and be brought through the fire and will look upon whom they have pierced and mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son. They're going to finally understand they crucified the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the First, and the Last, Jesus Christ, their kinsman redeemer. They're going to finally understand what they did. But that's not going to come collectively until near the end of the tribulation, right on the cusp of the Battle of Armageddon, according to Zechariah. Not to say there's not going to be people waking up along the way. Okay, so, again, I've covered that many, many, many times. How many people are going to be wiped out in this coming World War III battle? I don't know. But I know that Israel will not be wiped out. They will be not wiped off the map. And Islam is going to be the one that suffers far, far greater casualties in this coming World War III. And it may be that we, in America, particularly with this devil at the helm we got right now with Obama, we may totally turn our back on her. And God help us, because all you have to do is look at uh, the book Eye to Eye by Bill Koenig, where he cites all the times we've, we've turned our back in Israel and encouraged them to give up land for peace, and we always have these unbelievable disasters. If we fully go through and totally turn our back on Israel, ah, I shudder to think what's going to happen. I'm saying this just from history I can cite. Not because I am some whatever, I'm, I'm basing this on opinion, I'm basing it on fact. And if you don't believe it, get that book I just mentioned. You can read that. I've done, I've done actually some of the, the uh, things I've done on this particular subject. If you just can't Israel, uh, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, I've got into those examples. I've cited many of them um, on, on the article. So, this is what we're dealing with here. Now, I give you, the last thing I give you here is a link to my study on imprecatory prayer. Psalm 64, God's judgment on wickedness, a Christian's door of hope. Uh, this is a very important teaching regarding imprecatory prayers and why the judgment of God on wickedness has always been a Bible believer's door of hope. It's not our only hope, but it is a door of hope. And I, that term I explain in the teaching. We will explore many scriptures to validate this, but this is not a teaching that is usually ever heard or preached on in modern day churches of America. If we as Bible believing Christians can get a hold of this biblical concept, the Lord will be able to work through us individually and collectively in a mighty way. 
beyond salvation. This is one of the most important issues that the modern day Bible believer needs to understand and hopefully this will be a big encouragement to you as well. We will also be exploring various things that can hinder our prayers and what the prerequisites are for the Lord to hear our prayers. I will be giving my personal history history regarding these issues as well as the tenets of this teaching have totally changed my life for the better. Now, also regarding Psalm 64 and precatory prayers in general, if you think about it this way too, if we battle not against flesh and blood, what are we battling against? Are we battling against the individual people in Islam? Like in this particular study? No, we're battling against the devils that possess them. Collectively. Okay, that's where our true battle is. Allah, some Satan, whoever, posing as this moon god, this, this god that they worship. That's where our real battle lies. So, when you, when you pray in, in precatory prayer... It's primarily, I believe, should be directed toward the spiritual battle that you're engaging in. You know, the weapons of our war are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, that verse. And then the Bible talks about putting on the full armor of God. We're, we're implying a lot of spiritual things here. You know, so, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer, and I'm going to pray Psalm 64. And, again, this is primarily, I believe, directed at the devils that are operating through Islam or any death cult on planet Earth. But I cited so many atrocities that they commit, and these are just the ones we know about. On a daily basis, this stuff is going on all over the planet. Millions of Christian martyrs have been killed by Islam. Islam is the greatest source of Christian martyrs right now on planet Earth. They create more Christian martyrs than any other religion by far, which should be a real big deal to us as Christians. So do we just sit back and say, oh God, bless them. Bless them in their wickedness. May they prosper in wickedness. That is ridiculous. Of course not. We don't bless them in their wickedness. We don't pray that they prosper in their wickedness. We don't pray that the devils and demons that possess them, if we pray for a blessing on them, we pray for salvation because there's no greater blessing they could possess. Well, the Bible says, bless them that curse you and do good to those that despitefully use you. That's true. So what's the kindest thing you could pray for somebody caught up in Islam? What is the best thing you could possibly pray for them? That they get saved and whatever it takes for them to get saved, that God do that. And if that includes God hanging them out over hell for an hour or two, so be it. Whatever it takes. Or is it better or is it more merciful for God to let them go to hell for eternity? I'm, I'm using that as an extreme example. So this is, this is the mindset that I'm coming from here. Okay, I'm not wishing them to go to hell. But the bottom line is... That the wicked go astray from the womb, they speak lies as soon as they be born. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. That these types of people, for the most part, are vessels of wrath fitted or prepared ahead of time for God's destruction, as the Bible talks about in Hebrews. I don't quite fully understand that. The Bible talks about the tares and the wheat. And the tares and the wheat are going to grow up together. Well, a tare is a tare. A weed is a weed. It's never going to be able to become wheat. How could, it, how could a weed ever become wheat? I mean, this is the whole concept of wickedness and wicked people. That's hard to comprehend. And that's God's business to determine that. Okay? God is the one that does the sifting. God is the one that does all of that. 
And it's his will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance, those that can be saved. And I pray those that can be saved in the Muslim religion that they are. But that's the most merciful thing we could pray for them. Not so that they prosper in wickedness. And that the devils that are operating through them, and fallen angels and these types of evil entities, that they be dealt with and cast into the abyss until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire and that none would be able to come to take their place because the devils are the ones guiding their actions. This unbelievably disgusting religion full of all manner of wickedness, the devils are the ones that are motivating these, particularly these men to do these things. Not to say the women are totally innocent either, but I'm just saying the men in particular are really the ones to... That are, that are the uh, hand of Satan. So, to open us in prayer, hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Now, is this something, again, you would want? Would you want to be hid from the secret counsel of the wicked and the insurrection of the workers of iniquity by God? Of course you would. So I'm just bringing that up. We'll continue. Who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying of snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. And all the upright hearts shall glory. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that this be done regarding these matters that we have brought up today, regarding wicked, wicked people that emanate and operate in this planet, Lord God, that are accomplishing the will of Satan. I pray if it be possible, their souls be saved. But I pray against the devils and fallen angels and evil entities that emanate and operate through them and that they would not prosper in wickedness. And Lord God, if the only option is their deaths, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing, that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you, and all the upright in heart would glory, that many would be saved as a result of your judgment on this wickedness. Because the world will not prosper anymore, Lord God, with this type of wickedness being condoned, going on, Lord, and, and, and just continuing in an unfettered way. I do pray, God, that you protect Israel. In the name of Jesus Christ. And you protect and preserve your remnant. You know ahead of time, Lord, who your remnant in Israel is. And I pray to God you supernaturally intervene and you protect your remnant, not just there, but worldwide, Lord. Worldwide. And that you use them mightily for your glory. And that through us, you would lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Through us, your name would be glorified. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.